Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Oh, Holy Spirit, pour your rain upon us. Amen. Pour your blessing upon the hearing of your holy word. Let us hearing your word bring illumination. Let us encounter you through the teaching of your word. Let us discover you through the opening of the scriptures. Lord, impact impart yourself into us. Everyone listening to this message at this very moment, we pray a release of your spirit into us. A release of your grace into our lives because this is the word of your grace that is able to give us an inheritance amongst the saints. Lord, heal the sick. Deliver the captives. Save the lost. Convict the sinning. Inspire the discouraged. In the name of Jesus and let your name be glorified. I thank you that you are in charge at this moment. And forevermore. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The inspiration of scriptures. Jesus said in the book of John chapter 10 verse 35. That the scriptures cannot be broken. When he said cannot. That means that connotes. An absolute impossibility for that to happen. Jesus said, the scripture cannot be broken. It's interesting. He says the scripture is the word of God. If he called them ghosts, to whom the word of God came. Jesus said the word of God came to some people. And this word of God which came to people, some people, which is called the script, cannot be broken. Somebody is blessed in Jesus' name. So, Jesus said the scriptures cannot be broken. And, but it's necessary to know, actually, what the scriptures are, what the word of God is. Now, there are all kinds of people who purport that they are kind of religious writings or book. It's from sort of God, something is the, is the word of God. So usually when you say the Bible is the word of God, people want to compare it and liken it to other books like the Koran and books of Mormon and other ones because these are all claims by the followers that is the word of God. But the, the point here is if there is a God, which there is, all right? If there is a God and God created us and God has a dealing with us, is it too difficult for God to give us a word? Because he's a speaking God. He gives word. Alright, so now if he gives his word, if he created the earth, and up to now the earth is still going, and no one has been able to destroy the earth, not even Hitler, or Bin Laden, or anybody, and the world is still going, what, what makes you think he can give us his word and preserve it? 
Does that make sense? If he has preserved the world, why can't he preserve his word? And probably I'll go into, later I'll go into some reasons why they just the scriptures, the Bible is just the word of God. There are so many evidence, so many intelligent, intellectual reasons why it would be very absurd for you to say that the Bible is not the word of God if you come into contact with those reasons. For anybody, not just you, anybody at all, to assume or to uh, assume a position that the Bible is not God's word. That would, that would require a level of stubbornness and a level of intellectual blindness. All right. But then facts, there are too many facts that point to us. That's why I started by saying last week that our belief, Christian faith, is a reasonable faith. It's not, oh, okay, 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 okay. No, I don't question anything. Don't worry, there's no need you have to. Why, why, why are you questioning? No, you can question us and there's a sensible reason we can give you. Scientifically proven. So the fact that we say the Bible is God's word doesn't mean we, it isn't God's word because we believe it. We believe it because it's God's word. It isn't God's word because we are projecting it on it. But it is God's word because that's, that's what was given to us by God. How was it given to us? And that's why I said last week that it has the authority. It is authoritative in everything it says. Every subject the Bible touches on is the final authority on that. Because I taught you about how in every uh, field of academia, if you write any thesis or if you submit any, um, uh, if you do any presentation or submission, th- you must make references. You, and your references must point to some authorities. Right? So if your references don't point to some authorities, it invalidates or it, it weakens the strength of your argument or the strength of your submission. Because there must be an authority. Because you are not an authority. No one of us is an authority. Do you understand that? In the same way, in, in the world, there must be an absolute authority. And God is the absolute authority. And his word is himself. And his word is what he has said. And his word is absolute. So the word of God has final authority. Now, why do you say, how did we get the Bible? The point is, how did we get the Bible? How did we receive the Bible? How did we, did he throw it from above? Or the Bible you are holding. I bet you, you bought it from somewhere. You didn't go and, like, go into a dispensary to go and collect it. So from heaven, you, the heavens were open and it was thrown. Someone printed it from a certain printing press. Definitely, it came from somewhere. Right, so how did you, when, on, on what grounds do you say is, is God's word? Um, I said that the, in the first place, the scripture itself says that, it, the internal witness, it says that it is the word of God. There are over, last week I said over 3,000, but actually over 3,800 references alone, in the Old Testament alone, saying that God said, that says the Lord, and the Lord spoke, and the Lord said, so many references. But let's look at it, a funda- fundamental and foundational text before we proceed. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, you cannot afford not to know this text when it comes to God's word. You must know this scripture. Very important. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Verse 17, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right, so all scripture, let's all say all scripture. All scripture. Say all scripture. Let's read the first sentence from the screen. Let's go. 
All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. For the last time. All scripture is given by inspiration. So all scripture, how many scripture? All. All scripture, how is it given? By the inspiration. Watch this. Watch what he didn't say. He didn't say all scripture was recorded by inspiration. He's not talking, he's not pointing to the writing, the inscription, the recording of scripture, but it was right, it's actually pointing to the giving, where the source. So he's not talking about people were inspired to write. No, he's talking about it was the all scripture was given. God, God, God is it's by the breath. God breathed it. God breathed it. All scripture. It's not that God inspired people to write it. He practically breathed it through human agent. God, God, all scripture is given. So it is like God from up. Says you from we from downstairs and he handed it over to us. All scripture, believe it and be saved, read it and be wise, practice it and be holy. (laughs) Hallelujah! So, all scripture is given by the inspiration. Now, I told you there are all kinds of theories of inspiration about four. It's about six false theories of inspiration. Okay, people say, okay, if God inspired, the Bible said God inspired it. How did he inspire? How the mode of inspiration? So today I'm just trying to see if I can focus a bit more on inspiration of the word of God, inspiration of scripture, the mode of inspiration. What's the mode of inspiration? Some, no, the false theories, okay? One of the theories is, uh, is the mechanical theory of inspiration. Let's all say Mechanical. Mechanical theories of inspiration. What does the mechanical theory of inspiration mean? The mechanical theory of inspiration points to the fact that God dictated it. So the way some tradition, some religious folk tell you that their leader was in a cave and then some angel appeared to him and told him, write everything I'm telling. So he was just writing. His mind was not actually engaged. All right. So it's like, I don't know how many of you know what a Ouija board is. You know, so it's not him himself. Watch this. If a boss is not in the office, maybe he's somewhere in a car, in a train, or on the air, and then calls his ticket, ticket, calls his PA, and he says that, okay, I want you to write this letter quickly. Right, type this down. Um, dear, say, I am pleased to inform you, blah, blah, blah. It, that, it's not the secretary who is writing it. Even though she's the one writing, writing it, it's someone who is dictating directly. She doesn't have to put her thinking into it. She just writes what you are told. So the dictation, that's the dictation theory or the mechanical theory. So mechanically, God hijacked them and just uh, write, write, just take it, take it, write it. All right. There, but that is not how the Bible was given. All right. That's not how the Bible was inspired. And there's also this. Uh, false inspiration of false natural theory of inspiration. Okay, what does that mean? Meaning that some genius, some people are like somebody, maybe like Mahatma Gandhi or Aristotle. So people like Paul, people like Isaiah, they were geniuses, human geniuses. They developed themselves so much that the things they began to write. Okay, God said, This is good enough to be my word. <laughs> That's the natural theory of inspiration. They are naturally gifted. 
And so they are out of their natural genius. They wrote some things, put some things down. And, but that's not how it was. Uh, it was. And then we have the elimination theory of inspiration, which says that um, it is as someone, maybe some people were suddenly illuminated. They began to have insights, heightened religious insights. They were there and suddenly, oh, this is good. I'm understanding some things. Unique insights and they began to write. No, that's not how we got the Bible. Is that making sense to somebody? Yeah. You need to know these things. Right? That's not how we got the Bible. And then we have, so I've mentioned mechanical, natural, illumination. And then we have the trans theory. I suppose you know what it means. Trans theory. Trans. Okay, the writers were caught up in a vision or trans-like state. So they were not themselves. Their faculties were not active. They were just writing. They were caught up in a trance. All right, but <laughs> that's all false. That's not how God gave us his word. We also have the partial theory. What's the partial theory? That's a very interesting point. The partial theory of inspiration. These are all false theories. Partial theory of inspiration purports that the Bible contains the word of God. So part of it is the word of God, but not all. So only the bits of it that are the word of God that are, these are the ones that are inspired. But we just read from 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 60. What did he say? All scripture. Not parts of scripture. 2 Timothy verse 16. All scripture is given. Alright. So not parts. It's not that partial theory is a fallacy. That partial theory that it's, watch this. The Bible, they say the Bible contains the words of God or the word of God. But the Bible is not the word of God. No, this is the word of God. Amen. Every bit of it. That's, 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 that's the serious one. Every bit of it is the word of God. So you can bank your life on it and you, can, you are sure not to be broken. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Jesus said he who listens to my words and puts them into action is like a wise man that builds his house on a rock. So if you if you build your life on God's word, it's just a wise thing to do. And then you are building your life on sure foundation. And then the last theory, number six, first theory is the the thought. Your thoughts. So thoughts are dynamic. What's the thought theory? It's like God gave these writers the concept. And so they had to develop it. <laughs> he gave them the idea. He gave them the thought. So now they have to develop it. So like Paul sees that, ah, God is forming a church made up of Jews and Gentiles. Ah, okay. So he began developing it to explain it. Like when someone, most of the time, sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm preparing, I'm praying, God can drop thoughts in my heart. And then I begin to search through the scripture and develop the thought and break it down, maybe points. All right. Now, that's not how the Bible was given. When we talk about inspiration of the scripture. That, all right. So now, what is the right way? How was it given then? It, the theologians call it the plenary. P-L-A-N-A-R-Y. That's very important. Plenary verbal. The whole of the scripture. So it's not just part of it. All of, say all of scripture. All of scripture. Say all of scripture. all of scripture. And what's the meaning of verbal? Actually, when we say verbal in this sense, we mean by means of words. Okay. So, plenary verbal means every word in the Bible is inspired. That's a serious one. 
Everywhere. So, plenary verbal inspiration means that all scripture, every word. For instance, Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter 5, that's quite serious, you know. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. Let's all read it and see what it says. Matthew 5, 18. He said, let's read it out from the screen. Very out. Read it out loud. Very loud. Okay, let's go. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or little, or by no means, by no pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Jot or tittle. All right. So, the, the, the slightest dot on an eye is even significant in the word of God. Jesus said, all. That's, that's how detailed Jesus went. He said, all. He says that till heaven and earth shall pass away, not one jot or shall by no means pass from the law, which is the law, the scriptures, the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, in those days, the word scripture, scripture has to do with writings, inscription. So, in those days, another way of saying, referring to the scripture is they say, for instance, um, the writings, or it is written. That's why, that's why when the devil, appeared, Satan appeared to Jesus to tempt him in the book of Matthew chapter 4, from verse 4, Jesus said, it is written. Right, Matthew 4, 4, Jesus told the devil, it is written. What is written? He was making references to the scriptures. It is written. It is, let's all say it is written. It is written. Say it again. It is written. So, the writings, it is written. Sometimes even put, Jesus puts it, it is said. Alright. So, that's all ways of referring to the scriptures. So, the scriptures are things that were passed on to us by inscription, writings. Now, what do we mean by verbal plenary inspiration? Watch, this is very important. Okay, or plenary verbal inspiration. It's very important to understand this and appreciate it. That means that every bit, as I said, of scripture, all the words, verbal, plenary, all the words of scripture was given. All right? Was given. Was by inspiration of God. Now, how did he do that? This is very important. So, in the first place, I want to establish the fact that God is the author of scripture. God is the author of the scriptures. And so, as I said earlier on, when you read the, throughout the particular the Old Testament, I want to try and rush through this so that I can make the difference between the Old Testament and New Testament because I'm both saying, okay, maybe the Old Testament is written, it's inspired, but the New Testament was not written because when Jesus said the scripture cannot be broken, obviously, he didn't mean the New Testament because at that time, the scripture Jesus knew was the Old Testament. So when he said the scriptures cannot be broken, he actually was making reference to the Old Testament. When Paul was telling Timothy, actually when Paul wrote this, all scripture is given. Did he mean including the one he was writing? (laughs) Or he just meant the Old Testament as we have. He told Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, uh, from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which is able, which holy scriptures is he talking about? He said, the, including the one he was just writing from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll, we'll go back to that. But in a minute, before we do that, I want to establish the fact that when you read the Old Testament throughout, you find that's here the Lord. That's, look at, I like, let's do this exercise. Uh, Joel chapter 1 verse 1. Joel chapter 1 verse 1. What does it say? Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
Let's read it out. I like this. I like this. I like. This. I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Let's read. Let's read it out. Let's go. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of. Do you see that? So the word of the Lord that came to who? The word of the Lord that came to who? Now let's let's look at Hosea one one. Hosea one one. Quickly, let's read. Let's go. The word of the Lord that came to Hosea, the son of Biri. Alright, so the word of the Lord, it is not from, it's just Hosea's word. It's God's word that came to him. This is very important. God's word came to him. It's kind of, he was minding his business and the word came to him. Haggai 1 1, and then from there we go to Zechariah 1 1, the Malachi. Hi, what does he say? In the second year of King Darius, in the six months, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel. So, what, what, the son of Sheetel, I like that. The word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, to Zerubbabel. Okay, how did the word come? By Haggai. Whose word is it? Whose word is it? Whose word is it? So what he began to say was not from his own whims. It was not from his own training. He was speaking because God gave it to him. So actually what he said, in other words, God was the author. God being the author, what was said? Let's look at Zechariah 1. Zechariah 1, he said, in the, let's go. In the eighth month of, of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah. The son of Edo, the prophet, saying, hey, hey, hey. You see, the word comes saying, then they began to record. The word came saying, the word came saying. May I submit to you, when we say plenary verbal inspiration, we actually mean including the, what is being said, that the word of the Lord came to him saying. Before the saying means started, the fact that the word of the Lord came to him is the word of the Lord. So some people will say that partial, partial inspiration, which means that the word of the Lord, that part is not from God. But the same bit is that, no, 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 no. When we say plan verbal, actually the recording of the word of the Lord came to Haggai. All that is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Malachi 1.1. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. Malachi 1.1 says, let's read it out loud. Let's go. See how he puts the burden of the word of the Lord. The thing was a burden on him. It came on him. Hallelujah. In, in Exodus chapter 4 verse 10 and verse 15. When God called Moses and was sending him. Moses I can't talk. I can't. God said it's not you. It's my word. It's not your word. So Moses said to the Lord. Oh my Lord. I am not eloquent. God doesn't need your eloquence. I am not eloquent. Neither before before, nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Look at verse 15. Now, you shall speak, that's God. You shall speak to him, God telling Moses. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will with your mouth and with his mouth. Can you imagine? <laughs> and I'll teach you what you shall. He said, I'll be with his mouth. Don't, you say, don't know how to talk, don't worry. Aaron is coming. Your brother Aaron is coming. He will speak for you. I will be with your mouth and I will be with his mouth. So what you are telling him and what he goes to say, I will be with it. I am telling you. So it's not your word. It's not your word. No one has claimed to the word of God. It's God. God is the author. Look at how he puts it. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 20 and 21. He says that that no prophecy of scripture. Say scripture. 
What was he referring to? The word of God. No profession of scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21. But I like that. I like verse 21. For, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved. As they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So that is how God is God's way. Look, look at how 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23. And then when we finish that, we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. And then we move on from there. For I receive, hey, do you see what Paul is saying? I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. Where did he get it from? Where did he get it from? That's God's word. In, in 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 13. I like the way he puts it. He said, these things we speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches. But which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing the things we are speaking is not just with where which something the Holy Ghost is teaching us these things. Yeah. All scripture, someone say all scripture. all scripture. Say it again. All but the Holy Ghost teaching us to say, how did he teach us to say it? That means that maybe he dictated it to us. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. So the author of scripture is God. Let's all say that together. Oh, say it louder. The author of scripture is God. God. Alright. And God said it. Men of God wrote it. So it was written by men. Written by men. By came from God. Does that make sense? Written by men. By came from God. So God said it. Men of God wrote it. Why? Why did God have to do that? So, the Bible is the work of God and man. (laughs) All of it is from God, but he used man to record it. But how did he use them to? This is very interesting. When we talk about the inspiration theory of the scripture, it's very interesting to note that The scriptures are infallible. How many of you know that men are faulty? We can make we make faults. To air is human. So how can God use men to write without making? The word of God is for man, sent to man. So God used man to write it, so that it can be understood by men. <laughs> Clap for Jesus. It's God had to God had to be the author so it can be divine. Men have to had to write it so that it can be understood by men. God has always watches. Christ Himself is the God Man. God has always reached out to man through man. Did you hear what I said? God has always reached out to man through men. So God works with man. So when it came to Him, God Himself. Coming to save us, he came as man, God man. When he was giving us his word, he gave us his word through the agent of men. But how did he do it? The beauty of it is that, listen to this, very interesting. He inspired them, or he inspired the ways. It was written, they were moved, but their will, their feelings, their frame, frame of thinking, okay? Their historic understanding. 
their frame of references were not influenced or interfered with. They are emotions. So sometimes you read the Bible, you can see the footprints of Paul, his personality on it. Where Paul wrote. You can see the footprint of Moses. You can see the footprint, the personality of Isaiah. You can see the personality of Peter. You can see the personality of Luke. You can see human personalities right with the personality of David. David, the personality of Solomon. He liked women. <laughs> So you have to write the songs of songs. You can see the personality. They, are, they wrote with their cultural mindset, with their frame, frame of thinking, the way uh, frame of references, their, their cultural backgrounds. You can tell their cultural backgrounds influence. You can tell. And God yet, God didn't violate all that. And yet through their writing, he inspired he moved them and the scriptures was inspired. And yet, let's we go willing when I talk about the unity of the scriptures, and yet it speaks with one voice. Yeah. They didn't have to know each other. They lived, uh, the, the Bible was written within a period of 1,400 years. So, what the first person to write, the oldest, 1,400 years older than the last person to record. <laughs> and yet, no, no contradiction. Some of them were farmers. Some of them were shepherds. Some of them were prisoners. Some of them were fishermen. Some of them were doctors. Some of them were uh, butlers. Some of them were uh, servants. Some of them were slaves. All these people, farmers, shepherds, different frame, they, they wrote from different locations. They have never met each other. Do you understand? All of them, they didn't know all each other. Some have never even known. And they wrote without any connection. And yet, it all speaks one. No contradiction. One voice. That's my Bible. Shout hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. So, God had to write it. God is the author and man is the writer. <laughs> God is the author. It is like God clothed his revelation with their humanity. Paul said, I won't let you stop me from boasting. That's Paul's personality at play. But God wrapped his divine revelation with their their humanity to give it to us so that we human beings can relate to it, can understand it. Somebody is blessed. I I said someone is blessed. Quickly, the little time I've got, let me take this time to differentiate the New Testament, the Old Testament. What I say, when I say differentiate, now there are people who believe and who say that the Old Testament is scripture because that's the one Jesus read. Bible says that he went to the synagogue and the scrolls were given to him and he read from Isaiah. So that's the Bible they knew, the scripture they knew in their day. So then, after when Paul was writing, as I said earlier, when Paul was writing all scripture, obviously, he must have been talking about the scriptures they knew. Because he didn't say, I'm writing scripture. He said, all does that make sense? He said, all scripture. So then people say, it's only the Old Testament that is inspired. The New Testament is not scripture. The Bible begs to differ. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The New Testament is inspired. Let's all say the New Testament is inspired. The New Testament is inspired. In fact, we just read it, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, where Paul said, I give to you what was given to me by the Lord. So the things he's saying, the things he was passing on, he was passing on to them from the Lord. God, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. And are you ready for this? This, this is a big one. I like this, this scripture I'm about to quote. It is a big one. But before I go, to the, I go there, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. It says that for this reason, we also thank God without season because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you well, you see, where did they hear the word from? From them. They received the word of God from them. He, the writer, is saying that what you receive is the word of God. What I brought to you is the word of God. You receive the word of God from us. You welcome it not as the word of men. Even though it's men who are telling you, we, the apostles of Jesus Christ, are telling you, you didn't welcome it as our word, but you welcomed it as God's word. Because in the early church, they knew that this is God. God's word to them. Which also effectively works in you who believe. Now let's look at 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Someone say, thank you, Holy Spirit. We give him all the glory. We give him all the praise. We give him all, all the honor. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we are grateful to you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us your word. And making it accessible, available to us. Amen. All right. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15. I like this text. All right. We are talking about how about the New Testament? Is this scripture? All right. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says that, and consider that the, the long suffering of the Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul. So it's okay to call somebody brother Joshua. <laughs> as also our beloved brother Paul. According to the wisdom given to him, watch this, this is very interesting. As according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, watch the verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some hard things to understand. Peter, writing this, Peter said, Paul wrote some things which are hard to understand. Peter, you know who Peter is? Peter, the apostles, one of the chief apostles, he said, Paul, our beloved brother Paul, wrote some of these things which are hard to understand. So even if Peter is saying that, you can understand why sometimes you can, it's hard to understand. You understand? Peter, 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 Peter said, Paul wrote some things which are hard to understand. Watch this. Which, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own distraction. As what? As they do also the rest of the... They, right there, Peter is saying that the things Paul wrote are scripture. He said, people are misinterpreting what the, some of the hard things that our beloved brother Paul said. And they are misinterpreting the way they do to other scriptures. So, the internal witness from the New Testament saying, if it, Peter saying that what Paul wrote is scripture. 
Paul saying that the things that I'm telling you, God gave them to me. Ah, man, what has this going to do with my miracle? Everything. <laughs> Everything. Because if you don't know it is written, you'll be written off. <laughs> Hallelujah. You must know the word of God. You must know. That's why the devil's first attack is God's word in your life. God's word in your mouth. God's word in your heart. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. The devil's primary focus of attack is God's word. He says that, he says that the, for the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and the spirit, the, uh, the joints and the marrow. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. And it's a designer of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God will be able to discern, separate the chaff from the, what is from your soul, your personal feelings, and what is from the Holy Spirit. It takes the word of God to be able to know, this is not me. This is not the spirit. This is just me, my thinking. Oh, should I sow this seed? It takes the word of God to tell you whether it's the Holy Ghost who is talking to you or your flesh who is talking to you yeah. or the devil who is talking to you. If you don't have the word of God, you are in trouble. Yeah. That's right. Mm. And so I'm glad to submit to you that all scripture is given by inspiration and all scripture is inspired, that one. Next week, I'm going to continue from there and talk about the because if the scripture, I'll go into the unity of scripture, but if the scriptures are inspired, then that means that they are infallible. They are inerrant. I'm going to explain the difference between inerrancy of scripture and infallibility of scripture. The scripture cannot err. Inerrant. The scriptures are infallible. Without, it, it doesn't have errors. False. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Believe it and be saved. Read it and be wise. Practice it and be holy. It can change a whole face of a generation. United Kingdom is what it is. America is what it is because of the scripture. They built their nation. America, they built their nation on scriptures. We can you imagine to the extent that the dollar, which is the uh, uh, world currency at the moment, says that in God we trust. In God we trust. Did you receive something? Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.